Good morning. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here. My name is Callie Tarana. I'm so excited to get to teach today here at Westwoods. Um, if this is your first time, welcome. So glad you're here with us. Um, if you've been here a lot of times, also welcome. Glad you're here. I know we've done a lot of polls recently about your favorite season of the year. So today, not doing a poll. Because to be frank, I don't understand why anyone's favorite season wouldn't be summer. Please don't boo me, okay. I know that people have different opinions, but I'm here today to convince you that summer should be your favorite season. It's warm, we go on vacation. I don't know about you, but I don't look like a like ghost during the summer. The days are long, how could it be any better? I work in education, and so I think of the year in more of an August to August sort of rhythm rather than January to January. And summer, so summer is the time where we wrap up, we slow down, we evaluate what went well, what didn't, take some months to recoup from the busyness of the school year. I work with college students, and I really, really love them. And also, they go home in the summer. And it's kind of nice. Summer is the best, especially when you live in Colorado. My mom is here with us today. She lives in Texas, so I understand if you live somewhere like Texas or Arizona, why maybe you wouldn't love summer quite as much. But here, it's beautiful. I mean, look at this Google search that I did. If I can get that up there. Okay, I just put in why summer, and it automatically says is the best season. So the people of Google know. Why summer is the best, why summer is better than winter. Skip the next one, uh, and the next one. <laughs> and then, yeah, we can go to that next slide. When you go into the why summer is the best, there, people also ask, why is summer the best season ever? What's special about summer? Or my personal favorite, why is summer is better than winter? <laughs> I have a hard time believing a lot of people Googled that, but that's good. All right. Of course, we aren't just spending all of today deciding that summer is the best season. We're talking about seasons of the soul. We're wrapping up this series. We've been talking about how the actual seasons can teach us something about how we're doing spiritually and maybe where we're at spiritually. My first year in my job, uh, for my job, I get a reserved parking spot, which is really great. Um, and my first year, I took a picture of my parking spot throughout the school year and put together this little uh, collage, if you will, that showed the different seasons. And by the end of the year, this felt so like such a great picture for me of what that first year had looked like. So many different seasons. Sometimes it was cold or gray or dark. Sometimes it was warm, clear, colorful. In this series, we've walked through fall, winter, spring, and now today we're talking about summer. We've talked about how fall calls us to let go, to release, to walk into a new season. Sarah talked to us about winter. I related to a lot of what she shared. Winter can be bleak. We feel cold, discouraged. Maybe life has felt like that for you recently. Then Rick talked about spring. Also, I'd like to say, he shared very vulnerably with us that his phone, Siri on his phone, calls him Sassy Princess. And so I thought I'd follow suit and share with you that of my own doing, my phone calls me queen. So kindred spirits, really. 
Okay, total side note, but really what Rick taught us about spring is that it's about hope, about new life. And now today, we're gonna talk about what it looks like to maybe be in a summer season. What can we learn about that and how we can grow in that season? But first, will you pray with me? God, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence together, to commune with you. I thank you for the worship that we sang and the way it just invited you to be here with us today. We're so glad to know that you are here. God, teach us something new. Remind us of what's true. Um, yeah, we're just so grateful for your, for your presence with us. In your name, amen. All right, so last weekend, I got to go up to Keystone with my RA team. I oversee seven college student leaders, and they are the joy of my life. And we went on a retreat, and one of them led us in a devotional about Colossians 1. So I'm going to do what every good leader does and steal directly from what she shared with us. So will you turn with me to Colossians? We're going to start in verse 9. Colossians uh, is in the New Testament after Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I don't know about you, but I remembered, I learned to remember this as God eats popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. In the Westwoods Bibles that we have, let's see, it's on page 821. Colossians 1, 9 through 14 is what we're gonna start with. <clears throat> for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So one of the things I mentioned earlier that I love about summer is the long days. Even in that picture of my parking spot, the summer picture is at night. Summer nights are so beautiful. They're calming. I love that you can still be outside and be warm even as the sun has gone down. The beautiful, refreshing thing about summer is light. I mean, we turned the clocks back last weekend, which was fun. We got an extra hour of sleep one time, but now we leave work at five o'clock and it's been dark for like six hours, which in my opinion, it's terrible. Okay, but I love in this passage what it says about the kingdom of God. It says, the father has qualified you to share in his inheritance in the kingdom of light. And then it says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And listen, if you don't know it, I need you to know it. You are so, so loved. You are invited into the kingdom of God, the one who puts the stars in the sky, who causes the leaves to fall from the trees, who brings snow on the ground in winter and brings up new life in the spring. This God, he loves you. 
He wants to bring you out of darkness and into light. This is what it means to be in the summer season. My RA who shared this passage with us, her main point was to bring us back to the truth and the beauty of the gospel. And it made me want to do the same thing for us today. Because here's the thing about summer, it's where we restart. So maybe today, maybe in this season, we need to bring ourselves into a summer season and go back to the basics. So do we know the basics? Here they are. Whether you've heard this a million times or never before, I need you to hear it. God created the earth. He created everything on the earth, which means he created the seasons. He made man and woman and he called them good. Years of broken relationship and broken trust go by and God needs to repair this. He wants to redeem us and so he sends his son Jesus in the form of a baby. Advent is coming soon. And Jesus, God's son, lives a holy and blameless life on earth, modeling in so many ways what it looks like to fully live, love, and serve. And then Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. But he didn't just die. His body spent three days in the grave and then just as he promised, he rose again. He was resurrected, delivering our invitations into eternal life. Guess what? No matter what you think of yourself, Jesus already sealed the deal. If you say yes, he has resurrected life for you. Right now and for eternity. We have to start with the basics of this beautiful, world-rocking gospel. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know Jesus yet, let today be the day. So let's return to Colossians and read, starting where we left off. In verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God, and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Isn't the gospel powerful? So maybe you found yourself in the fall, letting go, or the winter, cold and loss. Or maybe you've been walking in the new life that comes with spring. Let's tap into the beauty of summer for all of us. Let's remember the truth and live out of it. Because here's the only problem about summer. It can get kind of dry. And that's true of us in our faith, in our relationship with the Lord, in our connection to our purpose and vision. We can experience dryness if we aren't careful. If we aren't connected to our life source and constantly being watered, we'll grow stagnant, complacent, or distracted. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes the seasons of life that have been the hardest have been when I felt the most connected to God. And I think maybe this is because of desperation. When things are hard, we're so aware of our need for him and all the things we lack that in fall or winter seasons, we cling to him desperately. But maybe in a summer season where things maybe feel restful or easy even, we might be tempted to start thinking, we're in control, we're good, we've got it. We're fine on our own. In a summer season, we cannot lose our need for him. Instead, summer should be a season of abundance and joy. It should be a time of great communion with him and preparation for whatever's coming next. The last time I preached, we talked about Joseph and how God brought him to Egypt to help them store up during a season of abundance for a season of famine that was coming. This is what a summer season should be for us, an opportunity to soak up what God is doing so that when we inevitably walk into a harder season, we feel ready, prepared, we feel connected to our life source. But in case you're feeling like you're in a dry desert season, we have this reminder from Jesus himself. He is our living water. When Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman at the well, he told her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So there's a few reasons we might be feeling spiritually dry. And here's some clear ways out of those. So maybe you relate to one of these. Dryness can come when we're focused on ourselves. Like I said, in good seasons, we can trick ourselves into thinking, we're in control, we're good. We forget about our need for God. If you're in a dry season, maybe this is what's happening. Maybe you need to turn your eyes upon Jesus. Remember all the things he has done for you. Remember the truth and the weight of the gospel. Maybe dryness is because you've been more consumed with your performance than with your intimacy with God. Dryness can come when we lose focus, when we lose sight of our purpose. If our walk with God has become more about performing, about making sure that we're behaving, looking the right way, we lose the connection with him that nourishes our souls. If that's you, maybe work on simply being with him and connecting. Maybe you're experiencing dryness because you have been serving, giving, leading, and your tank is on empty. Maybe you've overdone yourself. Take a break and let yourself be refreshed by the living water. Let God care for your soul. Maybe this is an opportunity to say no to something. Practice slowing down. And finally, you may be feeling spiritually dry because you're believing a lie about yourself or about God. Let God speak the truth about who you are and who he is to your heart. Let him show you who he is. Colossians 1.19 that we read, it says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So the question is, what lie might you be believing? 
And what truth can he speak to you? The goal for us should be to have Jeremiah 17, 8 be the verse that that describes us. It says, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So maybe if you find yourself in a summer season of the soul right now where things are going really great, here's a suggestion for you. Lend a hand. If you're keeping company with others who are not in a summer season, who are maybe feeling a little less hope or joy or peace, maybe you can share your faith in this way. Maybe you can hold hope for others. My counselor recently said to me, keep the faith or I'll hold on to the faith for you so you can access it at a later time. This could be a beautiful practice for you in a season of summer, of light and warmth and connection to practice holding hope for others. And maybe you're not in a summer season at all right now. Maybe you're like, wow, that must be nice. I'm buried in the snow right now. My mom sent me this devotional recently. It's really beautiful. It's a quote from Charles Spurgeon that I want to share because it talks about waiting for the summer to come. He says, child of God, say not the flowers are dead. Say not the winter has killed them and they are gone. Ah, no, the winter hath coated them with the ermine of its snow. They will put up their heads again and will be alive very soon. Say not, child of God, that the sun is quenched because the cloud hath hidden it. Ah, no, he is behind there, brewing summer for thee. For when he cometh out again, he will have made the clouds fit to drop in April showers, all of them mothers of the sweet May flowers. And oh, above all, when thy God hides his face, say not that he hath forgotten thee. He is but tarrying a little while to make thee love him better. And when he cometh, thou shall have joy in the Lord and shall rejoice with joy unspeakable. Waiting exercises our grace. Waiting tries our faith. Therefore, wait on in hope, for though the promise tarry, it can never come too late. I love that line. He is brewing summer for you. He's anxiously waiting for you to seek him, to come to him and ask to spend time with him. He has good plans for you. If you're in a season, you might find yourself in a snowy season where it feels like things are cold and dead and the snow is hiding all the beauty. The promise is he is brewing summer for you. We just need to wait. So wherever you find yourself, I wanna remind you of one more truth. The truth about seasons is that they change, they end. If you're in a season that you hate, it will change at some point but we need to be seeking God and connection with him no matter what season we find ourselves in. We get to close today with this song that should speak to us no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what season you find yourself in, no matter what is happening in our lives, our relationships, in our faith, the goal should be to be able to say, it is well with my soul. And that comes from knowing the truth of the gospel the basic truth of what God has done for us. It comes from knowing that we are redeemed, that we have been adopted into his family and given life and purpose. 
It comes from knowing that he is in control of all the details of our lives. To be able to say, it is well with my soul, means that we realize that honestly, we deserve nothing. We do not deserve to be able to come before the Lord, but he invites us into intimate, deep relationship with him. He not only has saved us, but wants to know us personally. How can we not say, it is well? And in case you're sitting there thinking, easy for others to say, when things are going well, sure, it's well. In case you haven't heard the story behind the original song, It Is Well, I wanted to share the brief version with you. The author of the song lost his fortune in the Chicago fire in 1871. Then his son died of scarlet fever. Then he sends his wife and four daughters across the ocean where he was planning to come soon after them, but it had a massive collision, the boat sunk, and all four of his daughters died. When crossing over the part of the ocean where his family had been killed, he started writing this song, including the infamous line, it is well with my soul. So the worship team is gonna come up so that we can have a time of reflection as we close today. During this song, I'd encourage you just to talk with God about whatever season you find yourself in. Wherever you're at, surrender it all to him and thank him for what he has done for us. Lay down the struggles and the hurts and let him speak to your soul. Let him care for you and remind you of what is true. Thank him for the truth of the gospel and all he has done for you. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to orient ourselves towards you to examine the state of our souls and think about where we're at and where we want to be. God, I pray that all of us would experience some form of a summer season of deep connection with you and rest in you, hope in who you are. Just thank you for the gospel, for the basic truth of all the amazing things you've done for us, God. I pray that we would not lose sight of the power of that the invitation that you've given us. We love you. Amen.